Hallelujah. So good to be here. So I would like to share with you tonight, or this morning, about faith. About faith. You know, last time I shared, I was in Mark chapter 11, and we finished in Mark chapter 11, and we finished on the phrase, a statement, I should say, that Jesus said. Jesus said this phrase, have faith in God. Jesus telling his disciples to have faith in his heavenly Father. Jesus, the answer, the reason why we're saved, the reason why we can be grafted in to God's family, why we call each other brothers and sisters, because we're together, we're a family in Christ. Because of Jesus, Jesus was telling his followers to have faith in God. Can I give a public service announcement? Here's my public service announcement. We are in the Laodicean age. We are in the Laodicean age. You know what the trouble with the Laodicean age was? Not that they would have no faith. The trouble is not that they would have no faith. Hey, Brother Ben, I, I have faith in God. I have faith in God. The trouble was that their faith would be subpar. The trouble was that their faith would not be top-notch. The trouble would be that they would start thinking, looking for men to preach something that they want to hear. The trouble would be that they would start hearing, where's the prophet that tells us what the Lord wants us to do next? Rather than relying on their faith in God, showing them what to do next. The trouble was they started to look at themselves. They started itching ears. I want to hear this preached. I want to hear this talked about. They studied the Word of God. They had knowledge about the Word of God. The trouble is when you said, how are you applying that knowledge to their life? They failed. They learned about God. They studied about God. They were passionate about God. But they stopped short from applying all that faith into their heart and moving forward with faith. Saints, this is the age we live in. The challenge for us as Christians is to not become lukewarm in our faith. It's not to start doubting. It's not to just say, I know about God. I learned about God. I have enough to make my own decisions now. No. The challenge for us in this world, the world that says rely on you, rely on your knowledge, rely on your power, the challenge for us is to put this away and say, I'm going to rely solely on God. My public service announcement to you today is rely solely on God. Trust the promises that he gives, as we heard this morning. Trust the promises that he gives you. Amen, saints? We can turn to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15 has an account of Abram. Abraham, at this stage in his life, he was known as Abram. Forgive me if I say Abraham. I'll, I might go back and forth. Abram, Abraham. The disclaimer is he was known as Abram right here. And we're going to follow a little bit of his story, a little bit of his life as we, as we work through the message today. And in Abraham, I'm sorry, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, it says this, And he, meaning Abram, or Abraham, he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Abraham believed in the Lord, and the Lord accounted it to Abraham for righteousness. 
Notice, it doesn't say, Abraham did all these things, this thing and that thing, and built this, and started here, and became this. And the Lord said, you are now righteous. No. The Bible teaches us that Abraham believed in the Lord, and the Lord said, that's righteous. How is your faith in the Lord today? It's a simple message. You want to be righteous? We're called to be righteous. Do you want to be righteous? Believe in God. It's a simple message. If you want to be righteous, if you want to be upright, if you want to be moral, if you want to be a good Christian, a good son, a good daughter, a good husband, a good wife, a good mom, a good dad, a good grandparent, The Bible says, have faith in the Lord. I might say this, if a person struggles with being righteous, maintaining their salvation, not staying away from a sin, can I say that that same person might struggle in their faith of God? Can you say that? If a person can't maintain righteousness, can you say, could you, could you do an if-then statement? If they can't maintain righteousness moral correctness in God, then their faith may be in jeopardy. Do you see how faith relates to righteousness? The person who struggles believing that God is who he says he is, that his promises are mercy, truth, that his promises are eternal. Saints, if his promises are eternal, therefore his judgments are eternal, meaning everlasting. We serve a God who judges, and those judgments go on through eternity. It should keep us a little sober-minded, a little bit how we behave, what we think is good, and how we dictate our lives in relation to each other, in relation to the church, and even in relation to God himself. God's going to judge us, and those judgments are not, go to your room for the next hour. No strains for the next day. Those judgments are eternity. Wow. You know what helps us make the right judgment? Belief, faith in God, maintaining your faith in God. Abraham had faith in the Lord, and the Lord regarded that faith. He attributed that faith as righteousness. He didn't have to do anything else, the Bible says, except have faith in the Lord, and that was righteous. For us today, when salvation and repentance of sins done is offered to us through Jesus, we were offered salvation. If you don't believe in Jesus, he died for you. He loves you. He has a plan for you. But you have something to do. Accept it. Accept Jesus and what he gave you. His life. Accept the promises that he has. He loved, Abraham loved what God had set up in his life. Abraham loved with a passion what God had set up in his life, what God had promised to him. Abraham followed with his whole heart. Abraham followed what God had promised him with his whole heart. It's interesting. I've been reading about these accounts for some time and thinking about faith for some time. And, you know, maybe it's just me, but when I think about faith in the Word of God, I tend to think of the New Testament. Think about faith and how faith moves. You tend to think of the New Testament. You think about the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You think about Jesus. 
saying such things as, I have not seen such great faith. Or saying things like, your faith has made you whole. Now go forward in peace. These things, you think about faith and how, and then even Paul, boy, Paul talks about faith a lot in Romans and how faith and the law and how they relate to each other. And in Galatians, he talks more about faith. The New Testament really encourages the, new, the believer post-Christ to, to focus on what your faith is, amen? But the truth is, you know what's interesting? The truth is, all these writers had to reference from the Holy Spirit and the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit and the Old Testament. So in reality, their concept of faith was probably actually built on a lot of the teachings from the Old Testament. A lot of the teachings, how the Old Testament ran. They knew about Abraham. It's no wonder that faith in the Gospels is based on a relationship with God. Oftentimes, the, the faith in the Gospels, if you read accounts in the Gospels, how men and women were healed, it's all about how they related to Jesus. They were passionate. They sought him out. They looked for him. They wanted to find him. They called his name. Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, in return, healed them. It wasn't about themselves. It wasn't about what they had done. It was about their passion to look for Jesus, to find Jesus. I want to see Jesus. If I can just touch Jesus, if I can just be next to him, if I can just hear his voice, if I can just reach for him, this, was, this is what healed them, saints. It wasn't, it wasn't that God saw something different in them versus you and I. What healed them was their faith and their passion to find out about him, to look for him in everything, in every part of their life. They gave up every part of their life to search for him, to find him, to call out to him. People told men in the New Testament, you're making a, you're making a ruckus, quiet down. I'm not going to quiet down. I need Jesus. I have faith that if I find Jesus, I'll be right there with him. You see how the, how the New Testament teaches that it's a relationship. Faith is not something you ascend to in your mind. Some people may say, oh, brother, you've got to have more faith. I'm not sure what that means. We're given so much faith. Sister, you've got to have more faith. Please explain. Please explain. It's not something we mentally ascend to. Well, if I cross my fingers, and I flex my abs really hard, and my face turns really red, maybe something will happen. Or if I jump higher than anyone else can jump, maybe I'm that much closer to God and something will happen. Or if I scream as loud as I can, I'll be louder than anyone else, and maybe God will hear me more than someone else. You see, what happens there is you start thinking about, if I jump, if I scream, if I flex, if I twist, if my face turns red, and you forget the whole reason of what faith is. Faith is a relationship with God. Are you passionate about God? Is your life, if you looked behind you and saw the trail of your life, is it Jesus, 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 Jesus? Faith upon faith upon faith. Trust upon trust upon trust a relationship upon a relationship upon a relationship with our Father. This is what oftentimes got God, Jesus, I should say, to turn to men and turn to women and say, you're healed now. You're touched. You're made whole. You're cleansed. You're forgiven. You're, you can see. You can hear. You can walk. 
rise up from the dead. It was not based on anything that any one person did except their passion and their faith to believe in God. Saints, I want to challenge us today in this world of 2022, God has not changed. We'll see Paul says in Romans later on that Paul says in regards to Abraham in Romans chapter 4, it was not God's way. It was not God's way. God's way is one way. That way is to be passionate about your faith. How passionate are we in 2022 about living a faith-based relationship with God? It's interesting to think about, amen, saints? Faith is constructing, maintaining a relationship based on a promise. The Old Testament often shows that faith, let me say it again, faith was based on a, or associated with constructing and maintaining a relationship based on a promise. God has promised us eternal life. God has promised us forgiveness of sins. You see, God still promises things. In 2022, God still promises something. Eternal life. Forgiveness of sins. That he will not leave you nor forsake you. Those alone, saints, if that's all we had, if that's all we had, is that enough for us to live a faith-based life? wholly devoted to Jesus. Abraham's promise was a little different. The meaning of faith plays out in Abraham's life. We can see it today. Him and God, he and God, built a relationship together. They maintained a relationship together. They talked to each other. They worked with each other. They helped each other, believe it or not. Abraham's promise was this, that he would be a father of many nations. And Abraham returned that promise with a life devoted to God, knowing that what God had promised will happen. And in return, God said, Abraham, you're righteous. Do you see how it works? God gives us a promise. Abraham, you're going to be a father of many nations. Can I remind you? Abraham had no children. God gave him this promise without a child. You're going to be a father of many nations. Abraham took that promise and said, I'm going to live for you, wholly devoted to you. God said back to Abraham, because you did that and you believed the promise and you lived your life regarding that promise, you lived your life not to disrupt that promise, you're righteous. You see, the relationship that we have with a living God, he promises us. We take that promise, Lord, I'm going to do this for you because of that promise. You do that for me, I'm going to do this for you. And do you see how this relationship with the living God is all based on faith? I believe in God's promise. Do you believe in God's promises to you, saints? What has God promised you? What has God showed you? What has God spoke to you about? This back and forth happens today. Can I remind you about your own salvation? Was it not God that moved towards you first? That saw you first? That saw your need first? that saw you hurting first, it oftentimes seems to be God who makes the first move. I mean, creation, right? The ultimate first move. I'm going to make the ultimate first move. I'm going to create you. Well, he made the first move then, right? He always makes the first move. What's our move next? What's our move? God made a move towards us with creation. God made a move towards us with sending Jesus. God made a move towards us with giving us the Holy Spirit. 
God made a move towards us while we were yet still sinners. Not even understanding who Jesus was, God moved in our direction, Paul says. He regards us in such a way that when we learn about the Lord, a new thing happens in our life. Something different happens. See, saints, this idea of faith is based on a trust relationship. And I want to encourage you tonight, or this morning, I'm so used to sharing at nighttime. I want to encourage you this morning that your faith in God not only needs to extend to yourself, but it needs to extend to your children, and it needs to extend to the church. Your faith in God does not need to be in a bubble about yourself. Just you alone, me and God, all by myself. You see, Abraham's faith was in himself towards God. He had faith towards God about himself. But you know what else he had faith for? That his descendants would be blessed. Because God said so. His descendants would be blessed. And you know what else he had faith for? Well, let's turn there. Let's, before I say that, let's, 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 let's look at what God said. Don't take my word for it, right, as Brother Bob always says. In Genesis chapter 12, let's jump back there a couple, couple scriptures. Are you hearing me okay? I know that's always, my voice is not always compatible with public speaking, it seems. But if you're hearing me, God bless. But in Genesis chapter 12, it says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. By the way, this was the beginning of the relationship with Abraham. The Lord speaks to him these words. Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. Him, Abraham. God spoke about Abraham himself. And you shall be a blessing. Isn't it a blessing that God can think about you as an individual? God can make you a blessing. Young person, God can make you a blessing. You can be a blessing to the Lord and to others. How awesome is that? But he doesn't stop there. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in all... And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the first part of what I want to share about yourself. God can work through you to bless others. See, faith is not always just about God, look to me and help me. Faith is about this, God using you to help others. God using you to be a blessing to others. And in doing so, you will be blessed. In doing so, you will have a great name. In heaven, you will have a special name in heaven. This is how our God works. I have a promise to give you. I believe that promise. I will bless you. I will, I'm going to keep serving you, Lord. Others will be blessed through you. I'm going to keep witnessing for you, Lord. Others will hear my word through you. Do you see how God works, how faith works? Faith is not just about you praying for me, for yourself. Faith is about God working through you. This is how salvation entered in a way to Abraham. Get up, get moving. I have a place for you to go. How many in our own lives, 
If you think about your own call from the Lord, your own salvation message, was it get up and get moving? Stop doing what you were doing? Stop the sin that was in your life? Stop being faithless and begin to have faith? Stop doubting and believe? This was a relationship God wanted to have with Abraham and he wants to have with us. We were called to get up and move, whether it was move away from family, as Abraham was, moved away from friends who are not being good examples to you, separate yourselves unto the church, where you can be encouraged, where you can grow, where you can have a relationship with God, with others. By accepting this call to salvation, Abraham was immediately given a promise. Abraham, get up and move. Here's your promise. I will bless you. You will be a blessing to others. The promise consisted of him not being able to fulfill it on his own. How could Abraham not fulfill it on his own? He did not have children. You will be a father of nations. He did not have children. Abraham simply began to have faith on what God says he will do. Look at verse tw- in chapter 12. These are the things God says he will do. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. In your families, all of the earth shall be blessed. All the earth shall be blessed. How at 75 years old, Abraham was 75 years old. This seems like a lot. Who's 75? Don't raise your hand. 75 years old. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a great nation. Those who are for you, I'll be for. Those who are against you, I'll be against. Get up and start moving. He had no children. He was by himself with his wife. One thing we don't see here is Abraham worrying, saints. We don't see Abraham questioning. We don't see Abraham doubting God's call. We don't see Abraham saying, Lord, really me? In a way, we can see Job. Remember Job, the child of Job, doing the same thing. When Satan said, it's because you have your protection around him, Lord, that he serves you. And the Lord said, I will take my protection away. Just don't take his life. And in a matter of moments, was it four or five servants came back to Job and said, you lost all your sheep. You lost all your cattle. Your house burnt down. You have no more fields. Oh, by the way, your whole family's dead. You know what it says in the next verse? In all this, Job did not curse God. In all this, Job did not blame God. Do you see his faith? His faith was that God will take care of him. In all this, Abraham, God will take care of me. I'm not going to question God. He gave me, he called me, he gave me a promise. My job is to live as dutifully as I can for him. Our job is the same, saints. In verse 7 of chapter 12, it says this, Then the Lord appeared to Abram, and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. I fast forward a little bit. Abraham started moving. He started walking. He got up and he started fulfilling God's call in his life. And on the move, as he came across the property, as he came across land, God met him and said, see this land? I'm going to give it to you. Abraham built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him there. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel 
on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. All of a sudden, another promise came from, Abraham, from the Lord to Abraham. Another promise. I'm sharing this with you, saints, to realize God's promises occur all the time to us. They're all through the word of God. They're all through the word, word of God. A huge promise, as I said earlier, would just be salvation. Eternity, maintaining your salvation and eternity. Heaven awaits. That's, that's an awesome promise. But you know what? Our God does not end there. He promises us he'll be with us. He promises us he'll take care of us. He promises us he'll bless us. He promises us he'll be for us. He won't be against us. Look at this promise to Abraham. To your descendants. Another promise to God. From God. To your descendants I will give this land. What was Abraham's reaction? I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm building an altar. This is where the Lord spoke to me. He didn't say, well, where's the, where, where are my descendants? You keep saying this to me, but where are they? I'm 75 years old. No, Abraham said, thank you, Lord. You brought the ball into my court. I'm going to push the ball back into your court. I worship you. I'm building an altar to remember this. I'm sacrificing to you. I'm giving my life to you. I'm remembering you and giving this promise. You see, saints, every promise the Lord gives us, we have to return worship to him, praise to him, glory to him, not doubt, not question, not fret, not worry. How is this going to happen? Simply say, thank you, Lord. I'm pushing the ball back in your court. I'm going to give you glory. I can't see it. I'm 75 years old. I have no child. I don't know where, what you're talking about. Descendants, okay, this is their land. It's me and my wife and some servants. I'm trusting you. I'm putting all faith in you. I'm relying on you. I'm going to keep worshiping you. I'm going to keep holding up a godly standard in my life because I believe what you told me is true. Saints, do you believe what God has shown you is true? What God has given to you in your life? There may be a promise God has given you that no one knows about, that no one sees, but you know, and you're waiting for that promise. I'm going to encourage you this morning, don't give up. Don't lose faith. Don't start doubting. We cannot change. We can try to change God's plans for our life by, through doubt, through fear, through unbelief. I'm going to tell you that Abraham kept moving and kept walking and kept doing the things that God wanted him to do. You can look in the whole book of Genesis here, or at least these next two chapters in chapter 13. We won't go there for sake of time. But Abram and Lot's people began to have, Lot was his cousin's son began to have some issues. They were getting too big, and they began to fight a little bit about property and cattle and, and just knocking it along. Abraham said, you go. You choose, Lot. If you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Abraham was merciful to Lot. You can see that in, in, in Genesis 13. Abraham's life, God had a, God had a pattern with Abraham. I'm going to always take care of you. As you do things for me, I'm going to always respond to you. I'm going to be with you. Abraham completely became reliant on the Lord to fulfill his promises to the point of this. Hey, brother. Hey, brother Lot, you want to go that way? I'm going to believe the Lord. If I go this way, he'll take care of me. I'm not even a question. 
Lot questioned this. Which is more fertile? This way or that way? I'm going to go fertile. I'm going to go fertile. You know what Abraham said? Lot, go for it. I'm relying on the Lord. You see how Lot, or Abraham pushed that back? You pushed that back. You wonder if Lot would have done the same thing, where would, he have be, where would he have ended up? Would his life have been different? Just a question to think about. Instead of making a decision, I have the Lord with me, I'm going to make the decision based on what's best for me over here. What if Lot didn't do that? What if Lot said, no, I'm going to, Abraham, let's let the Lord decide for both of us. What if that would have happened? Something to think about, Amen. Abraham, let it happen. You choose Lot. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to see what Lo- I'm going to see what the Lord says. In chapter 14, we read an account where Lot and those people were taken captive. They were probably taken captive because the land was fertile and had a lot of hey. Let's take let's take all the sheep from these people. Abraham's land is a little bit dry and grass is sort of scattered around, and ah, I don't want to deal with that. This land down here is so fertile. Let's just take, let's take over these people. They did. They took over people. They led them away captive. They were, they were, they were in, in captivity. Lot, Abraham, what did he do? When he saw a member hurting, this is what I'm saying to you, when he saw a member hurting, Abraham did not live unto himself. He did the right thing. When we see each other hurting, brother, brethren, brothers and sisters struggling, don't think, I'm glad that's not happening to me. I'm glad I'm not going through that. I'm glad I'm not struggling with that. Well, it's not really comfortable for me to get involved with somebody. It's not my nature to get involved with somebody. It's not what I do. Abraham said this, my job is to represent God in life. My job is to do the right thing. Abraham took a risk by gathering his men that he could have had loss of life that he himself could have died. I couldn't help but think, did Abraham think, but God promised me a son. So I had that going for me. If he promised me a son, he's going to stay with me. I know he'll give me a son. I'm going after these men. He'll take care of me. And he went after these men. And you know what happened? Abraham was blessed. Abraham was offered money. Abraham was offered, hey, hey, thank you for saving us. Thank you for working towards us. I want to bless you. The men of that time said to Abraham, you know what Abraham said? Abraham said this in, in chapter 14 of verse 22. It said this, But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread of a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. What faith he had. Abraham could have said, yeah, I deserve this. This is the reward of my spoils. I deserve this. But Abraham said this, I have made an oath to God that I will let God take care of me. I am not going to rely on man to take care of me. I have made an oath that in life, God will take care of me. Saints, you may think Abraham could do it back then because it's different today. Well, all Abraham knew was back then. It was different than we live today. But you know, God is the same today, yesterday, forever. If we make that commitment to God, God, I'm going to make an oath to you. I'm going to rely on you for everything in my life. I'll be diligent. 
I will work hard. I will move when you ask me to move. I'll build altars and worship you when you ask me to worship you. I will pay homage to you and give you respect and take care of those around me like you want me to, Lord. But I'm going to rely on you to provide for me and to fulfill the promises that you've given me. This is what Abraham did. Do you see how the relationship now, you, you, get, to, you get to see this, that God said, Abraham, you're righteous. Do you see how God saw that Abraham was righteous? It wasn't by anything that Abraham did, except for follow God's call in his life. Maintain faith in God all through his life. This is all Abraham did. He said, I, I rely on the possessor of heaven and earth. I made an oath to the possessor of heaven and earth. God most high. You see, in Abraham's travels, he began to understand God in different names. He knew God as Jehovah. He knew God as Elohim. And now we see he knows God as El Elyon, God most high. As we travel in faith, saints, based on faith, not worried about, boy, I got to take care of the situation. This brother really offended me. I'm going to work it out. If you say, time out, time out, God, you work it out. You know what you'll start to know? In God, in new ways. You'll begin to know like Abraham did. I start to know God is God most high. He's most high. I'll begin to know God is Jehovah Jireh. God is my provider. I'll begin to know that simply by doing this. God, you take care of it. Is that weak to you? Is that saying, Brother Ben, that's weak. That's not being, that's not being strong. That's not standing up for yourself. Well, I'm going to share this with you. Someday when you meet the Lord face to face, you're going to want Jesus standing up for you. You don't want to be standing up for yourself. You don't want to be standing up for yourself and say, I was macho in life. Before the throne of God, there is no macho-ness. It's all about Jesus. What have you done in faith with Jesus? And the story goes on, saints. The story goes on with Abraham. You know, when he gave up, when he gave up that reward, he said to the king of Sodom, I made an oath. I'm going to rely on the Lord. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to put my faith in the Lord. And he told the king of Sodom, the possessor of heaven and earth is my king. Do you think the Lord saw that? Here it is. Abraham pushing the ball back in God's court in front of men, in front of the king of Sodom. Hey, Abraham, you deserve this. Nope. I, all of you, I want you to know I trust God to provide for me. I don't want any of you to say you made me rich. I want you to know God made me rich. Do you think God saw that? He pushed the ball back in God's court. Look at chapter 15. God pushes the ball right back into Abraham's court. Look at this. This is how God works. Chapter 15, after these, verse 1, I'm out there. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. This is right after he denied the riches and the reward. Here's your reward. I don't want the reward. This is what God said to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Hallelujah, saints. Do you think God saw what Abram did in his life? You may think to yourself, I'm living onto an island unto myself. Everything I do, I try to do my best to serve the Lord. No one sees it. No one appreciates it. No one responds to it. I want to share with you, God responds when you make decisions on your faith. Look at what Jesus said, what God said to him. 
I am your exceedingly great reward. Abram, you push the reward of men back to my court. Abram, I'm going to push that back onto you. I will be your protector. I will be your shield. And you know what? I will be your reward. What a God we serve. Do you see this relationship? This is what faith is, saints. A relationship back and forth, back and forth. Not with yourself, but with God. How is your relationship with God? God takes notice of our decisions. God takes notice of what your thoughts are. God takes notice of how you make decisions based on him. Abraham, he said, don't be afraid. God saw Abraham was anxious. God saw Abraham was nervous. And he said, I am your protector. We see this in verse 2 of that same chapter. Abraham said to God, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? The Lord said to him, This one shall not be your heir. One who will come from your own body will be your heir. He kept reminding him what his promise was. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Don't be afraid. Trust in me. I will do what I said I will do. Saints, God will do what he said he will do. Our job is to maintain a faith relationship with him. Our job is to stay focused on him, to stay steadfast in him. You know, sometimes a battle for Christians can be finding purpose in their service for the Lord. You want purpose for yourself. You want purpose for your family. You want purpose for the church. You say winning souls is wise. I want to be wise. Teaching our kids to maintain. The Bible says teach it from generation to generation. I want to teach my kids. I want to do what the Bible says to do. The Great Commission says to us, told those at those times, and we can, there's nothing wrong with taking it upon ourselves to go out and reach the lost. Heal all manners of disease. You may feel, I want to heal. I want to win souls. I want to grow the church. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled. I want to be used. I want them working through me. Can I encourage you? Let God take care of that. Let God work his faith in you. Let God work on building the church. Let God work on giving the gifts as he pleases. Is that what the scripture says, as you please? The scripture says, as he pleases. This is what faith is. God, I want to be available to you. I'm going to do everything I can so when you are ready to give the gift, there's no sin in my life. I'm fully committed. I'm at the place where you want me to be. I'm at the place where you need me to be. I'm with those who you are trying to reach. Get up and move, he called Abraham. Abraham got to the place where God wanted him to be. Abraham got, got up and left. He became a sojourner. Saints, Brother Brian mentioned this last week. We can't let this world become our home. We can't let this world become our ultimate destiny. I'm going to do as much as I can in this life because I only have 75 years. I only have 75 years to do everything I want to do. Can I encourage you? What does God want you to do? Abraham built altars in worship. We must not stop in our praise and worship the God. It's important, saints, for the church to be together. It's important, saints, for the church to worship together, to be together in one accord. 
It's what God wants. It's what builds faith. Abraham remained focused with patience. We must maintain our watch with patience and focus on God. And Abraham waited on the Lord. The tendency is to look around to see what is happening, how fast things are happening, and say, hey, this church is behind. We're behind the eight ball. We're not moving like other churches are. We're going a little slower. We're not growing like we thought we should. What's going on? The healings, the Holy Spirit isn't moving like I thought it would. What's going on? Saints, put the ball back in God's court. God, I'm going to believe you're going to grow the church. God, I'm going to believe you're going to lead us in the right direction when you want us to be in that direction. God, I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit will move when you decide the Holy Spirit to move. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be full of faith. And I'm going to be used when you want to be used. Amen, saints? What a blessing we have in serving the Lord. Don't let our will dictate our faith. And I'll close with this. Paul said in Philippians, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is with God who works with you to to do his will and to do his good pleasure. Saints, our walk, our faith is a relationship with God. It's not something you assent to to try to be better or get more of. It's simply having a relationship with God. Loving God more than anything else. Loving what God loves. God loves a sinless life. God loves the church. Are you doing your best to not be in sin? Are you doing your best to be at church? You know, we're having a prayer meeting tonight. It'd be great to see this many people praying together tonight. As your pastor, that's my job, to encourage the saints to maintain their relationship with God, to walk with God. It's not about holding something over you and say, well, he wants me to go to church. I'll show him. I won't be there tonight. It doesn't hurt me. It literally doesn't hurt me. My job is to encourage you to be all that you can in your relationship with God. Have faith in God. Don't give up on God. When the ball, when something hits you, push it back to God. And God will push something back to you, and you push it back to God. And before you know it, Abraham was 100 years old, and guess what came? A son, and out of that son, the lineage of Jesus. What a blessing. You see, the promise came 25 years later. It came. It will come. Keep working on your relationship with our Heavenly Father. That's the word for this morning. Lord, we love you so much. We love that you are such a relational God, that you want to have a relationship with us, that you made the first move, Lord. Oh, Lord, help us, Lord, in our own lives, personally, individually, to walk wholly devoted to you, passionate about you, passionate that to do nothing else but to please you in our lives. Father, help us with our children. Help us know what to say to them and teach them your word and your graces that they can grow up knowing that, they're, that the, the God of their parents is a living God, a God who responds, and Lord, help the church know to wait and to be patient and not worry about what the world is doing, what modern-day Christianity is doing, but worry about waiting for your timing because we know in your timing things will get done and your promises will be fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen. Saints, have a blessed night. We'll see you tonight for prayer meeting.